Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We have known for a long time that, uh, that the uh, Chinese military are experts at uh, uh, electronic uh, spying. Back when I was ambassador, uh, I would tell a Canadian uh, company representative, are, uh, are you sure that your uh, systems are well protected? Because... If you have interesting technology, uh, you can bet that the Chinese will try to uh, get into your uh, servers and your computers. Canada's former ambassador to China, Guy Saint-Jacques, on this program a couple of years ago, talking about China's uh, ability and willingness to uh, interfere with our way of doing things and interfere with our country. And uh, we've heard a lot about that recently. And Global News' Sam Cooper, a guest on this program on on that issue, and uh, we'll be hearing, I'm sure, from Sam Moore going forward. Now, there's, of course, the Chinese surveillance balloon is the topic du jour, and we talked about that in the last hour or some, and uh, the Americans have apparently shot that, uh, that one down. Once it went out over the ocean, they shot it down, which is not a huge surprise, um, but China in the news constantly, it seems, with this country, uh, January 30th, here's a Global News headline. Mendocino says national security at no time threatened by China, linked RCMP contract. The beginning of the story reads, Canada's public safety minister insisted Monday that federal contracts awarded to a firm that has ties to the Chinese government, quote, at no time, end quote, threatened national security, but the contracts were still suspended out of an abundance of caution. Okay, that makes sense. And now the federal government, which has been quiet about this, and it's been going on for a long time, Canada's innovation minister is committing to bringing forward new national security guidelines to better protect the newest science and technology from falling into the control of China as Ottawa vows to curb Canadian university research with Chinese military scientists. And it's going on. It's been going on since 2007. I have a news story here. I have a story, an op-ed that was written at that time. Actually, it was written in 2018 by uh, my friend Christian Luprecht, who was on with us last hour, uh, writing that Waterloo, Toronto, and McGill universities are touting their ranks among the best universities in the world. They also have the dubious distinction, wrote Professor Luprecht, uh, of ranking in the top 10 universities outside of China for collaboration with the People's Liberation Army, PLA, the armed wing of the Communist Party of China as measured by the number of peer-reviewed publications co-authored by PLA researchers between 2006 and 2017. So this has been going on for some time, but now the federal government is saying they are going to uh, establish new guidelines for the universities. We also find out that um, some of the scientists, the Chinese military scientists involved in these projects with Canadian universities are expert on missile guidance systems. Nothing to be concerned about there. Not, not a bit. We're joined by Professor Margaret McQuaig-Johnston, Senior Fellow at the Institute for Science, Society, and Policy at the University of Ottawa, Senior Fellow at the Graduate School of Public and International Affairs, also at the University of Ottawa. She's an advisory board member of the China Risks Institute and a member of the Canada-U.S. Commission on... Uh, China. Margaret, thank you very much for joining us. I had two topics to talk to you about when we first agreed to this interview, and now I don't know where to start. I know, Roy, and you know, 
you did such a great uh, summary of the highlights of some of these stories, and it's all very concerning. It is. Well, let's start with the balloon. What do you make of that particular foray by the Chinese government over North America? Well, um, it certainly wasn't an accident in my view. We'll see what they're able to pull out of the ocean. Um, Apparently, it was a small explosion that they set to bring it down, which is good, because maybe that means that the uh, technology that was hanging from it will uh, will be um, recoverable and they'll be able to see what exactly it has captured. Um, but, you know, it came over Canada as well. So there have been discussions in the last uh, day or so uh, between Canada and the U.S., uh, you know, in their NORAD um, configuration. And and Department of National Defense uh, is looking into, apparently, a second possible uh, balloon. Um, and uh, uh, and they, the government has called in the Chinese ambassador as well. Yeah, so that was a bit weak, is, wasn't it? it our, our response was kind of weak. Well, um, <laughs> it's hard to know, you know uh, what exactly you can do in this, this situation because the uh, the balloon is up higher than planes normally can go, mm-hmm. and so you've got to. But you have to do something. If we don't do anything on this, um, both Canada and the U.S., the Chinese will continue to send these surveillance balloons over to look at our whatever we've got that they can see on the ground right. and pick up. Uh, voice as well. Well, they're certainly involved in pursuing our, or at least our, uh, um, our information, our research. They, uh, there's concern that um, that they sometimes try and have been successful in persuading individuals or actually abducting individuals out of countries to go back to China. And face trial there. It's, there's a lot in play, a lot, of, a lot of moving parts in this particular situation. Now, let me start first of all. Let me ask you about this situation with the, um, with the uh, um, public safety minister saying, the federal contracts awarded to a firm that has ties to the Chinese government at no time threatened national security, but they were suspended out of an abundance of caution. That sounds to me, with all due respect, like talking out of both sides of your mouth at the same time. Well, um, I think, you know, the news about this was kind of a shock to the minister and to the prime minister. And so they, they put a, they suspended it. They haven't canceled it. They suspended it uh, to look into it. So that was the right thing to do. And they did that pretty quickly. It's taken uh, uh, some time to come back with some conclusions. But um, the minister has said two things. First of all, that... Um, he has put in place national security screening for for procurement. That should have been done to begin with. Yes, in it fact, this, it, it was not in place. Despite that, he the fact that at committee he kept repeating that there was national security review. It wasn't in place at the time of the procurement of the the Sinclair contract. Yeah. Um, secondly, he says that the um, technology is. Um, <laughs> he called it tin can with aerials attached. I know. It's not tin can. No, it's, it's highly not. sophisticated equipment. And the company has access to the encryption codes. Uh, he didn't, didn't mention that at committee. 
Um, and so there's still, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it should be reinstated. I think they should be taking out this technology. Yeah, because the overall picture is one of concern that their involvement in and interest in Canadian domestic matters and our research and uh, the insults that uh, Chinese ambassadors have directed toward our government and our and our country are, are not to be ignored either. But, but Margaret, let's, uh, let me ask you for your thoughts on, on what's happening as far as the joint research is concerned that's going on between Canadian universities and, uh, and essentially the Chinese military, military scientists. That is uh, of, of concern. And when you read that the scientists have expertise in areas such as missile guidance systems, that really gets your attention. And we hear from the federal government that they're now going to issue uh, an advisory. They're going to uh, be much more direct, I guess, with the, uh, with the advisory for the Canadian universities. What do you make of that? Well, they, ha- they have to do something more. And uh, again, you know, they were taken aback to, to hear these, these numbers, really high numbers of uh, uh, 240 joint papers in the last yeah. five years uh, involving 10 Canadian universities with the Chinese military. So, you know, ideally, we would just uh, instruct all our professors and researchers to not co-publish and not work with, not collaborate with um, the 60, um, actually it's now 65, um, uh, uh, defense universities, military universities in China. Um, the problem is university administrations don't want to give that instruction because there's um, uh, academic freedom. And uh, so the, instead, the federal government has a national security review that's done on sensitive projects. And in fact, um, out of 48 projects uh, this past year, 32 were declined. 32 were not allowed to proceed. Two were withdrawn and 14 were considered to be safe. So that's a pretty high rejection rate. Three quarters. Yeah, that would mean, you know. That would make me question the 14 that were judged to be safe. I'd want to yeah, take another look I'd at those. Have a look at those too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a very high uh, a high um, turndown rate, which means that they're captured that for the first time ever they're capturing these things that shouldn't be happening. So but you'd think it would be a no brainer that uh, researchers should not partner with. Chinese military. The people, People's Liberation Army is not our friend. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first angle on it. The second angle is, uh, it's a, sorry, Roy, yeah? No, no, go ahead, Margaret. Uh, the, second, the second angle is a much more complicated one, and that is we have many, many researchers who partner with, with civilian, just regular universities in China, but there's now a policy that's uh, been in place for a number of years and has been ramped up under Xi Jinping called um, the Integration of Military and Civilian Technology Development or Military-Civilian Fusion, they sometimes call it. And Xi Jinping himself chairs a national commission that oversees this. And so what that means is that regular university scientists are compelled to partner with military scientists and engineers in China. Um, and, and so the Canadian universities could be partnering with Nanjing University or some other 
um, you know, regular university in China and not realize that out the back door, their partners in, at that university are partnering with the Chinese military. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a more complicated thing to uh, try to, to get. Yeah, at. you know, g- given what we know about China, given what we know about China's involvement, engagement with this country and things they've said about us and what's gone on, I'd be very suspect about anything that involves Canadian universities and Canadian uh, technology and the development of technology with a Chinese university at this point, because I would question whether or not the People's Liberation Army at some point in the equation, particularly with Xi Jinping being in charge of this program, my guess is going to be some of this, all of it is going to end up with a PLA. I'm just looking back at um, the op-ed written by my friend Christian Luprecht from Queen's University and uh, the Royal Military College, China's silent invasion of Western universities. He wrote this in 2018. Um, Margaret, he wrote, um, according to the PLA Daily, the National University of Defense and Technology, NUDT, and similar institutions have been, quote, picking flowers in foreign lands to make honey in China, end quote. Boy, they're poetic. Since 2007, they've sponsored over 2,500 military scientists and engineers to infiltrate universities abroad, leverage overseas expertise, research and training, and strategically develop relationships with researchers and institutions in technologically advanced countries to improve military technology. So there's nothing accidental about this. What do you expect the response to be um, in, in our country when we now will have the federal government issuing guidance to the universities about doing business with or exchanging uh, research projects with China and, by extension, the PLA, what do you expect the response is going to be? Well, um, care, a careful response, I think. Um, the, it would be up to the universities to implement it. And uh, they're concerned about losing Chinese students because that's a huge proportion of their uh, annual revenue, um, and at, at the same time, they know that uh, professors will push back on um, on uh, the, the whole issue of academic freedom that they can partner with whoever they like. Um, Even when national security is involved. Yeah, I know, I know that's right. But education is provincial jurisdiction, and the universities. Um, are under that provincial jurisdiction. Mm. The only angle the federal government has is uh, research, and they do that through the granting council. So they've put on this screening uh, that applies for anything that has been submitted to the granting councils for matching government funding. Um, And as I said, uh, three-quarters of those project proposals were turned back because they with, uh, national security yeah, risk. It's a real but spider that web. Also, doesn't apply to some other projects that um, you know companies like Huawei, iFlyTech, all these surveillance companies that work closely with the Chinese military um, give money directly to the universities, and there may never be anything that that's proposed through know, NSERC, so they don't fall within this kind of screening. Mm. Um, and, you know, the professors in York and other universities uh, partner with uh, N- uh, NUDT, this uh, one that was cited um, in, in the Globe and Mail, um, as having uh, 240 uh, projects with uh, 
10 universities in Canada. Um, and, that, and that's the point. That's the school that's been blacklisted by the Americans. Yeah, exactly. So the Americans aren't happy with us. What's really remarkable is that's just one of the 60 uh, military universities in, and labs in China. And uh, back in 2018, when Christian uh, wrote his, his piece, um, there, Canada was publishing, all of our universities were publishing uh, a total of uh, a little bit less than 100 papers with those universities per year. Now, it's 240 with just one of those wow. universities. Margaret, we're going to have to pick this up another time. Yeah. There, there's just so much, and I said this earlier, there's so many moving parts to this situation with China and Canada. But then there's China and all the rest of the world and their contact with the rest of the world. The Australians are not very happy with, the, with China. China's not very happy with Australia. They are constantly butting heads. So where this is all headed, who knows? But I hope you'll come back and we'll talk more as these situations develop because it's not going to be static. It's not stopping now. That's right. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, these researchers can start working with Canada's Department of National Defense R&D people. So I hope that so. That would be more appropriate. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.